Back in the 60s, one of my favorite TV shows was Superman. Mild-mannered Clark Kent. When times of trouble or disaster came around, he turned into Superman. And he was known as the Man of Steel. He could do anything. Nobody could defeat Superman. With that thought in mind, I want to think about a different man this morning. The real Superman. Jesus Christ, the Man of Steel. S-T-I-L-L. We live in a hustle-bustle, go-go-go world, don't we? Sometimes we need to be still. Turn with me in your Old Testament to Psalm chapter 46. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page number 493. Psalm number 46. I want to read this entire parable this morning. Psalm number 46, Pew Bible, page 493. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and he shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, and the kingdoms moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold, look at the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot with fire. Verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our refuge. This psalm was written shortly after the children of Israel had returned from Babylonian captivity about the year 520 B.C. It was written to these people coming back from captivity to remind them who God is and that God was going to provide them with a sense now of peace and consolation. They could be encouraged and motivated now to live for God rather than under the hand of those who had had them as captives. He's saying in this psalm, Israel... When you come to appreciate who God is and the guidance He has given and will continue to give you, that should stimulate you and encourage you to follow God and His will. His will is perfect. Cease from complaining and start recognizing the goodness of God. Recognize His blessings and the encouragement and strength that you draw from following His will. We want to focus on His love and His care and commitment to our lives. His power and His goodness in our lives. We Sometimes we sing that song that says, we just sang it a minute ago, Be still and know that I am God. We don't spend much time still in this world anymore, do we? It's going, 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 helter-skelter, hustle-bustle all the time. But when we are still, 
we recognize who God He is, how much He loves us and blesses us and supplies our needs for us. He is the source of all of our strength and comfort that we need to make it through this difficult, trying world. As His children, He gives us wisdom. He gives us courage and power to obey Him and follow His will. As a result of that, we can live lives of peace and contentment and joy. We can live our lives to honor and glorify Him and show that we appreciate Him so much. And as we do that, and when our life is complete here and we have done that, then we have eternal salvation. What a way to live. Rather than getting caught up in the hustle and bustle of this everyday life of this world, let us calm down. Let us be still. Appreciate who God is. Calm ourselves down from all the extraneous, superfluous things of this world that we think we have to have and say and do. And rather let us be filled with contentment and peace and calmness in our lives. You see, this produces for us what Paul would talk about, the peace that passeth all understanding in our hearts. And if we live our lives for God every day, we will be surely blessed by Him. I want you to look in verse number 10 again. Verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. Take time out of your life, I was going to say a minute or two a day, all day long. Remember who you are and whose you are and what God does for you. 19th century commentator Adam Clark had this comment on this verse. He said, take time to reflect on who God is and what He does for His children. Let us never forget the power of God. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He is omnipotent. He has all power. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. Let us therefore be thankful for His control of our lives. He surely knows what is best for us and has provided for us the best of those things. We're talking about Jesus Christ this morning. You recognize in your study of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus Christ was a very busy man. His public ministry was only about three and a half years. We can't begin to talk about all the things that he accomplished in those three and a half years. But remember, he fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. He raised people from the dead. He walked on the water. He calmed the sea. He performed many miracles and miraculous deeds. He himself rose from the dead. He was busy all those three and a half years. All those people who saw Jesus' miracles were amazed and astonished by what he does and what he did. But in all those times while he was busy, he was a man of still, calmness, under control, knowing what was going on and what he was doing and why he was doing it. And that's the message we need to learn and appreciate in our lives today. There were many times when Jesus was very active and busy, yet he was a man of still. Jesus was preaching. This is found in Mark chapter 10. Thousands of people there. And one man who was blind named Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. In Mark chapter 10, verse number 49, Mark records, And Jesus stood still 
and gave him back his sight. All those people there, this one man was blind, they didn't care about him. They wanted to hear Jesus. Jesus stopped the message to the thousands of people, stood still, and gave this man his sight. Our Savior was a beautiful, perfect example of what it means to be still. In the final few days of his life, think about this. Just three hours before he would be denied and the soldiers would come to appraise him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, verse number 39, Jesus bows apart from his disciples, falls on his face, and says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. The human in me says no. But Jesus was a man of steel, flat on his face, praying to God. But he realized that he would continue to do the will of God in his life. The next day, as he's on his trial, people said all kinds of bad, horrible things against him. Jesus opened not his mouth a word. He was still. On the cross, the people were laughing and mocking him. If you be the Son of God, come down. Jesus could have done it. But Jesus was a man of steel. Following the will of God. Knowing these horrible things that were going to happen to him would continue the next few hours. Would not back away from his faith in God and his trust in God. He depended on God. He was following God's will. And he would let nothing or anything in this life pull him away from God's will. Folks, can you understand the message that Jesus sent to us in his life? He faced all the problems that you and I have ever faced and more. But he never turned away from God. His mind was focused on doing the will of God. Jesus would remain still, truly the man of still. Now I want us to talk about four things this morning that we can do to apply in our lives. Point number one, a Christian of still will stand firm. Turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. You see a picture of a man here standing on soil, rough, sandy soil. A lot of things could happen, but he is firmly entrenched there and got his feet dug in. He is standing still, standing firm. Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse number 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea because people were coming after them. And the people there stood still in the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, also of the Ottoman women, which were of the Greeks, and of the men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached by Paul there at Berea, they came thither, thither and stirred up the people. And immediately the people sent, the brethren sent away Paul to go into, and to uh, go 
as it were, and to see. But Silas and Timothy stood still. Persecution was coming. Paul left by the command of God. But these two men, Silas and Timothy, stood firm in what they were doing. Berea was a place where Paul could go and receive some shelter for a while. But these two men stayed faithful, teaching God's word. They were courageous and dedicated. Today let us learn to stand firm in our lives. Stand firm on Christ, the solid rock on which we can stand. Regardless of what goes on in this world and what this world says and does for us. The world is pulling away from religion rapidly every day. Let us not be convinced by the world. Let us be convicted by our faith in Jesus Christ. And stand firm in our faith in Him. Stand firm in our belief and practice of God's Word. You see, the more firmly grounded we are, the stronger our faith becomes, and the greater our influence and encouragement goes to other people. Let us stand firm. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 22. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Is my life worth living for Jesus? Yes, it is. Is your life worth living for Jesus? Yes, it is. Therefore, don't give up. Don't quit. Stand firm, regardless of what Satan may cast against you. Point number three in our lesson this morning. A Christian will stand still and hold his peace. I'm sorry, I got a step ahead of myself there, didn't I? Let's go to endure. Romans chapter 11, verse 22. Romans chapter 11, verse number 22. Paul's writing to the church in Rome. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, the severity of God. But toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. But they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in. We will endure as Christians. We're going to face difficulties and challenges. We've all been Christians long enough to understand that. But when we live our lives in faith in God, we have confidence. We have stability that we are able to stand against anything and everything that Satan may cast against us. We will stand still in our belief. Courageous that we can not submit to those things that Satan wants of us. But rather we can cling to the Savior and draw strength from Him. How wonderful that is. Let us never give up. Let us never get down on the Lord and His church and His way of life and His people regardless of what the world does to us. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Point number three in our lesson this morning. A Christian of steel will hold his peace. Turn to Mark chapter 4.
Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse number 35. Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. And the same day when evening was come, he, Jesus, saith unto them, Let's pass over unto the other side. They were on the side of the on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. They were going to go to the west side now. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. There arose a storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, and so it was full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship down in below, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Jesus had the power to calm the waters and the winds of the sea. He brought peace to a potentially bad situation. How often do we in our lives walk into situations that are or could become unpeaceful? We run these problems on a job, in the school, in the community, in politics, in our homes. Things are not always peaceful. There's a potential for problems frequently, aren't there? Someone gets upset about something we say or do. Or challenging us to do something that we know we shouldn't do. Or wants to argue with us about something. Conflict, it seems, is the leader of the things in the world today, isn't it? Fussing and moaning and groaning and complaining and in your face all the time. How do we approach that? Christians approach it with calmness and control. Instead of saying, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about that. Well, you think that's bad? Listen to this. In times of difficulty and challenges, say, what can I do to alleviate the situation? What can I do to help this problem go away? Let's look for opportunities to have peace rather than to inflame more conflict in the lives of everyone we see. How much better this world would be, don't you realize that? In the public arena, on the job, in the home. Nations could get together and do the right things. Husbands and wives could get back together and do the right things. Parents and children conflicts could be eliminated if we would hold our peace rather than try to win every battle and war we fight in. Jesus was concerned about that, wasn't he? Let us approach every situation like that with calmness. Let us see if we can find a way of decreasing the tension, calming everything down. A Christian of steel, S-T-I-L-L, will look for those opportunities to make things better rather than making things worse. Point number four in our lesson this morning, a Christian of steel We'll live a holy life. Turn to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible.
Revelation chapter 22, verse number 11. John here talks about two different groups of people. Verse number 11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Continue. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. That word holy means sanctified, set apart for special purpose. When we were baptized in Christ, we were raised from the dead to walk in newness of life. A life of God-likeness. A life of holiness. I understand we can't be perfect. But that which is holy is that which is sanctified and set apart. It is above all the chaos and clamor of life. It is something more than the present. It's the future. It's eternity. God dwells in a holy place. It's called heaven. Jesus, the angels, that's where they dwell. I want to live a life of holiness here on planet earth so that when my life is gone and eternity has begun, I will live that holy life forever. Let's set ourselves apart from this world. I don't have to follow the crowd going the wrong way to hell. Why would I want to? I will challenge myself to live a life of holiness every day. Paul said this way in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. He said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, changed by the renewing of your heart and your mind, that ye approve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, Satan wants to take you and twist you and turn you and aim you in exactly the wrong way. The way of evil and ungodliness and damnation. When you become a child of God, you're again, you're transformed. You now start living like the Master lived. Again, remember that time of Jesus being still? All those names and things that were calling Him, He opened not His mouth a word. He could have come down from the cross, but He wanted you and He wanted me to be saved. So he continued living that holy life. Folks, let us not ever let Satan separate us from our salvation. Sometimes we sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. It ends by saying, no turning back. I will follow him. Folks, that's a pledge of allegiance that a Christian needs to make and carry out in his life every day. I will try to be just like my Savior, the man of steel. I will not let the winds of sin and corruption blow me that direction. I will not let the words and the actions of this world pull me away from my life of steel. I will focus everything I say, think, and do on being like Christ would have me to live. I want to live a life of faithfulness in my words, my thoughts, and my deeds. I want to live that life of holiness. Question. Is living a life of steel worth the effort? 
Turn with me to Revelation chapter 22, verse number 14. Next verse. <clears throat> Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. <clears throat> when this physical life is over here on planet earth, Today, tomorrow, 10,000 years from now, I have no way of knowing, neither do you. And it doesn't matter. What matters is, when this life comes to an end, if I die before the Lord comes again, or if I'm alive when the Lord comes again, heaven will build there still. It's always been there. The dwelling place of God Almighty. I want to live my life today and the rest of my life focused on living like God would have me to live. Fixing my moral compass and my brain on God's will and God's way. As I live my life in this earth, let me remind myself of the words we just sang a few moments ago. Be still and know that I am God. God is my hope for this life. God is my hope for eternal life. Therefore, you see, I will dedicate myself the rest of my physical life here to being still in the will of God. And the beautiful part of it is when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Heaven will be there still. And I can be there also if I will follow His will. As we sing the song that's been announced to Song of Invitation this morning how is your life with God? If your life were to end today, you know yourself well enough to know, would you go to heaven or would you not? If you need to make changes in the life, what better time than right now? If you're not yet a child of God, quit being still about your stubbornness. I don't mean to say that rudely, but kindly. Focus yourself on being still in the power of God. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent of your sins. Confess His deity. Be baptized in water. Rising to walk in newness of life. A life of stillness. Calmness. Under the control of Christ. Or maybe you've done those things in times past but you've wandered away. Dear brother and sister in Christ, come back home. Still yourself and your conscience from the sin. Repent of that sin. Confess it. We'll pray for you for your forgiveness. If we may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing the song.